All right, turn with me to the book of John chapter 1. Uh, we're talking about light, life, and glory. We are going to try to dive into this thing this morning. Light, life, and glory. A couple weeks ago, we talked about light. And to, to understand light, well, nobody understands light, really. I, I've looked at it. You know, I've, I've often said, where is it? You say, no, it's, it's there. No, it's here. How's it, get, how's it get from there to the... Where is it? You know, light, light doesn't exist in front of this pulpit until I put my hand out. And now it exists. The reflection, see? Amen. Light has been traveling... For billions of light years from the sun, photons have been traveling for billions of years from the sun to get to the earth. And yet when you look out in space, it's dark. There is no light. Where are the photons? How do they get here? And it's not until they reflect off a surface that they exist. To understand light is to understand God, and we don't understand God. Anybody that tells you that they understand God has stopped learning because God, John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things are made through him. Without him, nothing was made that was made. Now listen. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Light and life cannot be separated. The more, I, the more I look into this, the more I realize that light and life go together. And neither one exists without the other. Life is light and light is life. And they work simultaneously. You're full of light right now. You're actually producing light. You have photons running all through your body right now being produced by your heart. Your heart is literally producing photonic energy throughout your body, causing your every cell in your body to be illuminated. The fact that you are thinking right now is because there is, there is electrical currents of light transferring from nerve endings and are communicating because of electrical currents of light. And if that light doesn't exist, you don't exist. When those electrical currents stop communicating in your brain, you no longer have the ability to live. Because life does not exist without light. There is so much about God and light that we can't get into today. But everything, every, everything that talks about God talks about light. We could, we could say it like this, and don't fall out with me, okay? God manifests in this earth 
as photonic electrical energy. When you look at God manifesting himself, that's how it appears on the earth. That's how it happens. Why? Because God created it. Does anybody know exactly what God's made of? Well, the Bible tells us that he's light. Amen. He's light. To understand the form of God, the, the Bible says that we were made in the likeness and image of God, and we, we look at that as our natural form. I'm wondering if we haven't misunderstood that, and we always, you know, instead of thinking of God having a nose, eyes, and ears, maybe we have been made in the form and likeness of the manifestation of God. Amen. Man, there's so many things we could get into right now. Amen. The word, the word life, did you know there's not a, a, de, a definitive definition of the word life? I've been trying to find a definition that actually explains what the word life actually means. The Greek word here is zoe, and it just simply means the principle of life. Webster's, Webster's Dictionary there, there's, there's, there's a one, two, three, four, five, and then each category is A, B, C, D in trying to explain life, and every bit of it is superficial and doesn't go beyond the surface of the obvious. It just re, Webster just restates the obvious over and over and over. I like this one. The word life means not dead. And, Man, we dove deep on that one. The word life means not dead. Or it's the opposite of living. Death is the opposite of living, and living is the opposite of death. But what are they? How do you explain life and death? There is no definitive answer. Why? Because you got to dive into the mysterious existence of God in order to understand where life came from. And God is, is he's beyond our comprehension. I get amused at people that want to argue about, about God. As if they have definitive understanding of, of the very form of God, the very nature of God, who God is. And, 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 we, and every one of them is wrong. Because an opinion left to itself is always wrong because we only see a piece. We only see a part. We only see, we only see a shade of, a, of an illumination. We don't see the whole thing. We just, it, God's like a diamond. You hold a diamond up to the light and start turning it. And as you turn it, every, every turn reveals something new and something different, a different reflection, a different color. A different. And that's how God is. The more we look at God, the more we turn it, the more we try to understand God, the more we realize that God is beyond understanding I mean how can God be omnipresent which means everywhere all at the same time amen back back before America got stupid we had astronauts that went into space and those astronauts read from the Word of God over national television about the existence of God 
Why? Because when you begin to really look at it, it's beyond the mystery is beyond our understanding. We, we know so little about our existence. We don't know how we exist. We don't know how we don't exist. I've said before that I've, I've, I've had the sad occasion of being in so many bedsides when people passed away, and I've watched that process. I've watched living bodies suddenly become dormant. I've seen people become brain dead where there's no activity in the brain and their heart continue to beat for a time. And you watch that process and when the heart stops beating, they declare you dead. And yet everything that it takes to live is still there. Why isn't it living? All the organs are still living. How is it that we can get cancer in one part of our body and the rest of our body stops, ceases to function? Why can't our body just decide not to cooperate with that part and keep living? Because cancer extinguishes light. When you look into cancer, cancer cells have very little photonic energy in them. They're dark cells. In other words, they don't have life in them. A, a healthy cell is just a wash, just illuminated with photonic energy. But a cancer cell is a dark cell. And so cancer literally starts moving through our body, sucking up the light out of our body until it's able to turn the lights off in our brain and in our heart. If it couldn't turn the lights off, we would continue to live. Where does that light come from? How do we exist and what is life? In uh, 2014, they, they developed the ability to watch an egg as it is fertilized. And the most amazing thing happened because to the natural eye, you don't see anything, but with equipment that registers fluorescent or um, I'm trying to think of the phosphorus emissions, the neatest thing happened. As they watched that cell, they started in animals, but then they achieved it in humans and being able to see a human egg being fertilized and the moment that that egg is fertilized, there is a burst of light inside that egg. At first, it's a flash. And then it kind of, there's a red color. And then all of a sudden, that egg just turns brilliant green with light. Life literally starts with a burst of light. Woo! That's the God part. 
That's that, that's that creative power of God, that life that we can't explain, but all of a sudden it just goes and saturates every part of that egg. Matter of fact, it is a zinc explosion. The egg is full of zinc. And when it's fertilized, zinc, it literally ignites that zinc and the zinc explodes throughout that, set, that egg and the zinc literally teaches the egg how to start the particles and cells that start splitting and literally teaches that egg how to create an embryo. When that zinc is exploded throughout that egg, immediately a human body starts forming and that egg and knows exactly the DNA in that sperm cell and in that egg merged together and immediately knows exactly how to start creating a human being full of light. <laughs> in him was life. And the li I don't know how far we're going to get in this. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Now, there is no definition for life that man's been able to come up with that actually explains life. It just simply, you, know, you just keep coming back. I mean, they circle. They, Webster's tried to be very educated about this, but they couldn't come up with any more. Everything just a constant repetitive thing of the fact that it's just the absence of death. That's about all they can come up with. Now, they did come up with this. The state of an organ, life is the state of an organism characterized, I'm going to have to quit. I'm, I'm going to be singing soprano here in a minute. Okay, bring it back down. <laughs> the state of an organism <laughs> characterized by certain processes or abilities that include metabolism, growth, reproduction, and response. That's the most definitive answer Webster's had for what life is. There aren't always definitions. You know, I'm the kind of person I have to dissect everything. I mean, I have to take it apart and understand it. I will, I will sit for hours a lot of times just trying, trying to understand a principle. And, and I will dissect that thing. I mean, I have to know what makes it work. I have to know, you know, I have to take it all apart and put it back together. And, and, you know, if my science teachers only knew that, you know, all they saw was a kid that didn't pay attention in class. <laughs> Mike, there, are, there aren't always definitions. Okay? There aren't always definitions. I don't know why I need to tell you that, but there aren't always definitions. You come to a place where you have to stop trying to find the definition and you have to embrace the mystery. 
because we come to a place that's beyond our ability to comprehend and to understand. And when we come to that place, if we're not careful, that will cause us to stop believing. We can either stop believing or we can begin to embrace the mystery of God. God is a mystery. And we don't understand everything about God. We don't understand how he works. We think we do. After a while, we get to thinking, well, I know God does this. I go, no, God does that. I got to tell you something. God might not ever re reproduce that again. Amen. I have, I have actually asked, asked God to send a revival. I've told, I've, how many things have I asked God? I mean, you know, there... The number, one, the number one request I have for 2021 is I want to experience in my lifetime, and I'd like for it to be this the coming year, a real, authentic move, genuine move of the power and presence of God. Amen. I want to see things glow. Amen. I want to see the hand of God changing things. I, I don't want to talk about it. I want to see it. <laughs> I want to watch people being transformed before my very eyes. I, it's not that I have to see to believe. It's just that I've, I see it so much in my spirit, I want to see it manifest. We, turn with me to the book of Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. It says, The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Now you can put breath, this isn't just talking about oxygen. You can put breath in a body and it still not live. I have I have watched I have watched human bodies being kept active by life support with air being pumped into in and out of the body and the heart being made to pump through electrical impulses and through all kinds of means but that doesn't mean that that body is living because if the spark has gone out there is no longer life God formed Adam out of the dust of the ground and then he breathed life. When that happened, you remember I talking about that explosion of light that takes place in the egg? When God breathed into Adam, there was an explosion of light 
that went through Adam's body, turning every cell in his body into a, leave, a living, illuminated particle. And Adam became a living being. Another translation says Adam became a speaking being because humans are the only ones that have the ability to truly speak communicate in in the way that we communicate it is a god act when you're talking you need to realize that you are performing a god act amen that's why james tells us about the power of the tongue because speaking is a god act and it has power we can't get into that that that's a whole nother subject so when this explosion takes place and there is light now now death or darkness i want to i want us to look at darkness because it says that in him was life now vine's expository on new testament words literally says that life the understanding of life understanding of, of what this is saying is that the life that God possesses within him, he breathed it out into Adam. Life is only possessed inside of God. And then he gave it to Jesus. In him was life. And Vine says that this life that it's talking about is the life totally possessed inside of God that only God possesses and all and God put that in Jesus that's why that's why Jesus was able to do things that 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 wasn't that nobody else could do is because the life of God had been imparted into him in that wilderness experience now you got to understand Jesus was not a normal child nor was he a normal young adult because he was he was God and he was man and with the intelligence I mean can you imagine well we see we're at 12 years old he was he was dumbfounding the the doctors and the lawyers and I mean he can you imagine Mary trying to raise somebody like that I mean, I've got a grandson that, that is really hard to communicate with because he's a thinker. And he's already there before you get there. And when you try to explain something to him, this is always his response. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. I look at him and say, no, you don't know. Yeah, Papa, I do, I, do. I, I know, I know. No, you're going to sit there and you're going to listen to me explain this to you. But the irritating thing is, by the time I get explaining to him, he did know. That ain't right. <laughs> when he was three years old, I was I was building in their house, and 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 he he like come down there and, and and work with me, and you know play with stuff. And I had this sawzall that, if you know what a sawzall, it has blade six out reciprocating saw, and it's got a lock on it. And I had it locked. It was laying on the floor. He walks over to it, and he picks it up. And he says, he says, Pop, three years old. He says, Papa, 
I'm going to cut this board. And I knew it was locked, so I, I said, oh, okay. He gets down, he pulls the trigger on that thing. How he even knew to pull the trigger, I don't know. But he tries to pull the trigger on that thing, and nothing happened. He picks it up, and he looks at it. He says, Papa, this thing ain't even turned on. He kicked that lock off and went to cutting. And I thought, well, nothing is safe now. There is nothing. I, I can't leave anything out. Can you imagine Jesus? He, he was born a human egg, and he was born, that egg was fertilized by God. So he had the DNA of God in his physical body. Anyway, we can't get into that. Mary had, Mary had to be one tough mama because when he was 12 years old, she told him to get home, and he did. Can you imagine telling God, I mean, get in the chariot now? Can you imagine Mary going to him and saying, you want me to call your father? And I don't mean Joseph. That was a strange world she had to live in. Mary lived her whole life and raised Jesus and, and only had one word, one prophetic word from God, and she, she was able to live on that one prophetic word. Darkness. He said that that light came into invaded Darkness shone into darkness, and it says, and darkness did not comprehend it. In the the living or the Passion translation, I want to read read that out of the Passion translation. Puts it a little little different. It says, and this living expression. Let's back up verse four. Life came into being because of him, for his life is light for all humanity. And this living expression is the light that bursts through gloom. The light that darkness could not diminish. Now the King James Version says comprehend, but the Passion Translation says it could not diminish it. And in the Amplified Bible, it puts it a little bit different. A little more definition in the Amplified Bible. I know most people have all this stuff on their iPad. I like books, okay? It says, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. Verse 5, and the light shines on in the darkness, and the darkness has never overpowered it, put it out, or absorbed it, or appropriated it. And is unreceptive to it. Darkness, we're not just talking about the absence of sunlight. Darkness is a state of ignorance. Ignorance to the things of God. When Adam and Eve said God told them they would surely die at the aid of the tree, and but their hearts kept beating and the spark of life maintained in their physical bodies. 
So what is it that died? The thing that died, number one, was innocence. I mean, they were completely happy living in the garden, having no clothes on, until they ate of the fruit. And all of a sudden, they were afraid, they were ashamed. They were ashamed of themselves. They were afraid of God. This is my definition. Now, this is in 3 Timothy. The, the knowledge of good and evil, we look at that and say the knowledge of good and evil. This is the way I look at it. For the first time, they knew how to perform evil acts. It wasn't just a fact that they knew the difference between good and evil. They already knew good. But they come to a place where they knew how to perform and do evil acts. And so when God shows up in the garden, they no longer want to be in God's presence because now they know what's going on in their mind. Boy, how many of us deal with that? We have a hard time. I was trying to help a young man the other day because he knew what he had done. He knew who he was before he got saved, and he was having such a hard time with his failures. And I said, that's because you see yourself, you see yourself in the perspective of your understanding of evil. God does not see you that way because you have been born again, washed in the blood, and you are in Christ. Therefore, God sees you not as one possessing the ability to perform evil acts. God sees you as a changed, born-again child of God because he sees you in Christ. So you have to learn to trust God's view of you, not the view of your own mind. Because the view of your own mind will always talk you out of relationship with God through shame, guilt, and pride. When we mess up, the people we respect the most are the ones we don't want to see. Amen. And yet those are the ones we desperately need to see. Because that'll make us come face to face. To understand God's view of you, is to understand what Christ did for you. Amen. I'm trying to slow this thing down because some of us need to really process this and we need to get it in our heart. There is, there is a transformation that needs to take place in people's lives today. I'm not talking about just an acknowledgement of God. I'm talking about the spark of life. We need the spark. Amen. If you said a sinner's prayer and nothing changed in your life, I got to tell you something, you missed the spark. Somehow, somehow, you did not get ignited. Amen. In a lot of lights I work on, they have this thing called an igniter. And, and it stores energy. 
and especially in high-pressure sodium uh, bulbs, they have to have something to ignite. And that igniter, if, if that igniter isn't working, it'll flash and go out, flash and go out, flash, because the bulb doesn't have the ability to ignite by itself. It tries, it tries, it tries, but it keeps going out. It keeps, it won't stay on. But this igniter, when, you, when you're hooked up to the igniter and all of a sudden that energy hits you and an igniter kicks in, it causes you to start glowing brilliantly and it helps you maintain that glow. We as the body of Christ, we've got to get over this sparking out, sparking out. We get, we get ignited and we go out. We get ignited and we go out. That's because we are trying to work from a knowledge and we have not been hooked up to the power that floods you and bursts you full of life and changes you. I got to tell you, sir, I am believing. I am believing. Oh, listen to me. I am believing for a move of God where people come into the presence of God and that igniter kicks in and literally changes their life and they get the spark. Amen. <laughs> in Exodus, I'm not going to go there right now, but in Exodus, when Moses, Moses saw a strange sight, and he, Exodus chapter 3, Moses saw this strange sight, and he went to investigate. And when he got up there, it was a bush that appeared to be burning. But it didn't burn up. I mean, anybody that knows, you know, a bush burned, the only thing that burns really is the leaves. And then once the leaves are gone, the fuel's gone. And there might be a few small embers on it, but, but the fuel's gone, so it's burned up. And Moses sees this bush on fire, and it doesn't, and it just keeps burning. He gets up there, and he, he begins to look at it, and all of a sudden, God begins to speak out. How did God manifest? Light. See, it wasn't, it wasn't natural fire that Moses was seeing. It's just God, God, God had to get his attention. And so he, he appeared to have a fire burning in a bush because fire attracts us. And, and he knew Moses would come and investigate when he saw this light. And he gets up there and this bush is on fire and it's burning. And, and Moses gets up there, and he, and it, but it's not burning up. And he starts getting closer to it. And God speaks and he says, don't come any closer. This is holy ground. Take the sandals off of your shoes. In other words, don't bring the dirt that is outside my presence into my presence. Take the shoes off your feet. And Moses comes in, he bows down, and, and this light this just keeps burning. It wasn't a fire. It was, the, it was the energy of God. It was the literal manifestation of the energy of God burning in this bush, illuminating. And God begins to speak to Moses. And in that time, all of a sudden, Moses finds out what his purpose is. The vision that he had been missing, the life, the purpose of his life that he had been missing, all of a sudden burst forth inside of him. And he understood 
why he had had to travel the road he had traveled, where he had gone, what happened. He understood why that he had to grow up in Pharaoh's house and then he had to go out with the shepherds. He understood all that. And all of a sudden, here he is before God and life and purpose is just being fed into him and he is being illuminated with the purpose of his existence. And he gets up and goes back to Egypt. And we all know the rest of the story. That light didn't go out. Matter of fact, when Moses died, God had to kill him because he had been in the glory so long that he couldn't die. Amen. I'm going to get to that later. That's, that's later. Man, I could dive off into that right now. Woo! It's good. It's good. I was, I, was, I was preaching this message on my Harley the other day, and I got, I got to hollering and crying and shouting and carrying on. I, I, I told, I, I felt like getting up on, on that Harley seat and just and surfing. I mean, I, I, was, I was wound up. People probably thought I was crazy. I was going down the road just, just screaming in tongues and praying and crying and just carrying on because something burst inside of me. An understanding and revelation burst inside of me. Moses couldn't come close. He, he, couldn't, he couldn't receive that fire. He couldn't receive it because he was unworthy. He, he had to take his shoes off. And, he, and God told him, said, don't come close. Stay there. Don't come any closer. So he had to work from an experience on the outside. of the power and energy of God because he was unworthy. I remember one day Jesus told Mary, he said, oh, Mary, don't touch me. Don't touch me. I haven't ascended to the Father yet. Stay back, Mary. I haven't ascended to the Father yet. And then another day, he come walking right through the wall. Right through, I mean, they was in a room. And all of a sudden, Jesus just come into that room. I mean, how do you come into a room with all the doors shut if you're flesh and bone? And then Jesus said, fill me. And then he said, give me something to eat. And he walked through a wall. Now tell me you have God figured out. I mean, this is beating me up Scotty stuff. I mean, transporter, you know, kind of stuff. In the quantum world, they call it quantum tunneling, where they can shoot a particle at a solid object. And every once in a while, not all the time, but every once in a while, that particle appears on the other side of that solid object. In other words, it tunnels through the spaces in between the particles and, and finds its way to the other side. Oh, God knew how to do that a long time ago. And Jesus, Jesus said, well, touch me. Put your hands, put your face. Thomas, put your fingers inside the wounds. This is me. And then he led him out to the, to the edge of the city. And, and all of a sudden, he started going up. He started rising. I mean, 
You can't, you can't naturally do that. He started rising. Amen. Don't be surprised one of these days if I don't just get to, I don't if I don't start preaching five foot off the ground. I mean, <laughs> sometimes I feel the lift. There was a there was a, a warlock sent word one time when we was in a revival service sent word by a person that he was coming, and he was going to disrupt the services, and he was going to show us his power because he could levitate three foot off the ground, and I just started laughing. I said, you tell him to come on. And this person that was relaying the information said, you want him here? I said, I'm not afraid of that. I said, I said if, his pu- if all his puny little God can do is lift a 170-pound man three foot off the ground, my God upholds the world and all creation with the word of his power. With his word, he upholds all things. And all your God can do is hold a little 175-pound guy three foot off the floor. I said, that's very puny. See, all of a sudden, Jesus started rising. He told him, he said, go and tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. You received the promise of the Father. And they went back. They went back. And they prayed. Not all of them, because it says that over 500 people saw him rise. But on the day of Pentecost, there's only 120 of them left. They got tired. A lot of them got tired. A lot of them decided, I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm going to go back to work. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But Jesus said, Go and tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And 120 of them was left. Now, remember, you can't, Moses couldn't get inside the circle. He couldn't come close to the burning bush. He couldn't come close to the energy of God. But then all of a sudden, there was a sound, and they were praying, and there was a sound. Oh, I've heard the sound. I'm going to hear it again one of these days. I mean, it's going to be powerful. There is a wind from heaven coming that is going to literally shake us. And, and, and all of a sudden, they heard this sound like a violent wind. They heard us rumbling. Have you ever been in a tornado? It sounds like a train coming. I mean, it sounds like a roar in a train, and, and, and it's powerful, and it's, it, 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 it has this just unreal sound. And all of a sudden, the people begin to hear this sounds like a tornado coming. It's a sound that, that is just, just deafening, and this roar, and this rumble is coming, and they don't know where it's coming from. They're looking around thinking, what is going on? And all of a sudden, life, the spark of life burst into that room and cloven tongues of fire set upon each one of them. I got to tell you something, it was not fire. It was that burning bush. It was that light that Moses couldn't get to. He couldn't come close to because he wasn't ready. But there was blood shed on the mercy seat in heaven. And God said, all right, it's time. Now they can come in. And all of a sudden that burning bush set upon each person and they received the life of God. God in them, and it burst inside of them. It wasn't some new religion. It was the burst of the illuminating power of God, and all of a sudden things started making sense. 
Amen. It was like Moses had an experience from the outside and he knew what his purpose was. Can you imagine the, the, the disciples being up there and all of a sudden, not only was it on the outside, but it sat on them and filled every cell of their being became illuminated with the energy of God. And all of a sudden, everything made sense. And Peter, with a taste of shoe leather still in his lap, in his mouth, gets up and begins to preach a message straight from the throne room of God. Why? Because now all of a sudden, the life, the illumination, the glory of God had come inside of him. And now he had a connection. It all made sense. And he knew who he was and where he was going. <laughs> Hallelujah. I thank God for the life and the light. Oh, we got, we got to get rid of the cancer in the church that's sucking up the light and the life of God in the body of Christ. I see so many people that are just going dim and going out. It seems like they're losing hope and they don't know where they're going. They don't know what's gonna happen. They, they're full of fear and they're full of shame and they're full of guilt and they're full of anger and they don't know what's happening. But I gotta tell you something, all you have to do is get in, in the presence of God, get connected with the source of life and light and let it fill you and all the sudden you understand who you are and you understand your purpose and you see things clearly hallelujah father we humble ourselves before you today <laughs> lord i thank you for the burst of light i thank you for the burst of life and light in the body of Christ today. <laughs> Hallelujah. God, I thank you that we are receiving and experiencing your holy presence. Oh, God, cleanse us, purify us. Lord, we're seeking you. God, we've got our eyes as the word that came forth today, Lord God, we got our eyes on you. We are looking to you. Lord, we're not looking to this world. We're not looking to the arm of flesh. We're looking to you. And Lord God, we are expecting, we are expecting the promise of the Father in this day that we live, Father God. I thank you, Lord, for the church being returned to the illuminated power, expression of the very presence of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Different times in history, there's been time, in our history, there's been times that people have gathered seeking God and that same glow that Moses saw that same glow that came into the upper room has been seen sitting on buildings as people pray and worship I grew up 
my dad tell me a story of one time, I believe it was in California when he was with Brother Allen. The glory and presence of God was there, and he, he said all of a sudden fire trucks started pulling in from every direction, and, and firemen with hoses come running under the tent because for miles around they could see a fire on top of that tent, a glow, and they thought the tent was on fire. It was, but it wasn't the kind you can put out with water. It was the presence and glory of God. Hallelujah. And that day is now. It has not passed. God has not quit. Stand with me today if you would. God has not quit. <laughs> as much as I like to understand things and dissect things and take things apart, I mean, I have to know how things work. When I, when I got that COVID virus, I wasn't happy just to say, well, this COVID virus. I started investigating. I started taking the thing apart. I started studying to see just exactly how it worked and what it did. And, and as much as I like to do that, I have, I've come to the place where I've, I'm having to just simply embrace the glory of God and say, God, your mystery is larger than anything that I can ever imagine. And I embrace your mystery, the mystery of faith. Father, I thank you. <laughs> Glory. Holy Spirit. We don't want to just feel you once in a while. We don't want to just have goosebumps. We don't want to just say, wow, Holy Spirit showed up today. see the manifestation of God in this earth. We want to see the life-changing light of God burst forth in, in our homes and in our, our area, in our churches. station of you. Thank you, Father. 